Hi, I'm Mel Majoros. I am a three-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top 10 breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. I'm very excited about today's guest. He is an Olympian and a cancer survivor. It's Eric Chanteau. How are you today, Eric? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So let's just jump right in because I know a lot of people have heard your story, but maybe some people haven't. Um, let's start off with uh, well, you're swimming and the Olympics and diagnosis. Yeah, well, I've, I've been uh, a pretty competitive swimmer for pretty much my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, I had actually, prior to my cancer diagnosis, um, I'd had a couple opportunities to make the Olympic team, uh, my first one being in, in 2000. And then I actually just missed making the Olympic team in 2004. So mm-hmm. it had kind of been a dream of mine to make the, uh, the U.S. Olympic swim team my whole life. And, uh, you know, I'd gotten really close, like I said, in 2004. And leading up to 2008, I was in probably the best position of my career to uh, to actually make the Olympic team and, and go on and compete at the Olympic Games. And um, that was when I really hit, I, I guess you could call it the biggest obstacle of, of not only my swimming career, but uh, my life at that point. And um, on, on June 19th of 2008, I was actually diagnosed with, uh, with testicular cancer. Oh. And... You know, obviously that's never a good thing to have happen, but in my in my situation, that was actually a week before I left for Olympic trials, so it just kind of uh, added to it and made it even worse. <laughs> now, wasn't it surprising because, uh, well, I'm not an Olympic athlete, obviously, but I play recreational hockey, and I was in great shape. The, did the doctors tell you that because you're an athlete that that helped you through your treatment and through everything? They were, um, you know, they were very happy with with the physical shape I, I was in. Obviously, for uh, for the treatment that I was gonna uh, have to go through later on, right. and you know, I think uh, I think that the surgeon after my orchiectomy made the comment that uh, you know, if all his patients looked like me on the table, <laughs> then, then surgery would be a little bit easier. So, you know, obviously, being active and, and being in shape uh, uh, helped a lot. Exactly. So, you found out during the Olympics because I remember watching. And, uh, you know, seeing this like, oh, my goodness, he had cancer. And I was uh, pretty much going through chemo at the time. Now, what did you have to do? You still competed in the Olympics. Right. Yeah, I I, I went on the trials and and I was allowed to compete at Mm -hmm. trials. My my doctor said, you know, no problem. You can delay treatment for uh, for a couple weeks and uh, and go compete at trials, which was, you know, kind of a tough situation to be in. It's like, okay, well, you know, you can go and try and achieve your dream of making the Olympic team, but you've got cancer, so you don't even know if, <laughs> right. we, or we don't even know if you can go to the Olympics. So I wound up making a team, and what happens is after you make the team, you go straight to Olympic training camps okay. prior to the games. And so you go through about a four- to five-week training camp period, and um, that was when I got on a, a pretty strict battery of tests to kind of monitor my cancer and it okay. was you know weekly blood work ct scans mm-hmm. you know all that stuff no one really likes to do no. and what do you it mean was, it's my favorite eric Come yeah on. yeah <laughs> going to play with needles every day you know yeah. it's great just getting jabbed <laughs> um but uh you know they they said as long as things don't progress then um then you'll be okay to swim at the olympics but you know, when you're talking about testicular cancer, which doesn't matter what type of testicular cancer you have, they're mm-hmm. all pretty aggressive. So, mm-hmm. you know, the chances of me um, 
being in a position where I, I wasn't having uh, any progression was, was kind of slim. But, you know, as the weeks went by and, and my blood results kept coming back and my CT scan results kept coming back, they didn't show any progression. Um, oh, wow. In terms of uh, in terms of my my numbers and all that kind of stuff, so uh, about a week before we were supposed to leave the country, uh, the doctors called and, and said that I was uh, clear for the next month, and uh, if it, if I wanted to, I could go on and, and compete in the games. Which you know, obviously, <laughs> if they told me that, I was going to do. So you're I, like, I, if uh, I wanted to, yeah, not. yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it was I was always in a position to where you know they they can't uh, they can't tell me to delay to delay treatment anymore. But right. you know, when you're when you're as close monitored as I was um, you know we we pretty much knew that I was I was going to be okay now did they stage your testicular cancer you know they they uh, didn't stage it until after surgery mm-hmm. um, testicular cancer you can't you really have a hard time staging it before surgery oh, okay. because they don't do biopsies on it mm-hmm. um, so I wasn't staged until until after uh, my orchiectomy and I was uh, I ended up being um, staged at at, uh, at stage one which was great yeah, you know that obviously good. that's that's ideal for a cancer diagnosis. Now, I have to ask, because I've had other testicular cancer survivors on the show, did you get the implant? I did, yeah. I, oh, I opted really? to go with the uh, with the prosthetic, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the plastical, as some people like to call it. You get those uh, you get those funny uh, cancer humor jokes, but uh, yeah, you know, it's a personal choice for everybody. And, right. and for me, at that point, you know, being a 24 year old, pretty much a kid, that was something that was important to me. Mm-hmm. Now, this is might sound like a weird question, but it, did that make a difference when you're swimming, as far as like? Aerodynamics? No, no. I, I don't know. I know that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I think Lance probably got that a lot on on the bike in terms of being <laughs> aerodynamic. But uh, you know, I, I don't think it, it it really made that much of a difference. Our our suits are so skin tight that it's, uh, it pretty much gets gets held in place as it is. <laughs> so now you went through the Olympics, and well, how did how did you do with that? You know, the Olympics was a good experience for me. Um, I, I went and I actually swam a best time. Um, you know, I swam faster than I ever had before. And I, I didn't actually win a medal, which was obviously what I was going to the Olympics to do. That was my ultimate goal. But, right. you know, at the same time, swimming faster than you ever had before and, and doing it with cancer and doing it on the biggest stage in the world, um, you kind of got to put things into perspective. And, mm-hmm. and when I sat back and looked at it, you know, it was like, okay, I, I still had a great meet. Um, I know I can compete on this biggest stage in the world. And so that kind of left uh, left me pretty hungry for for swimming after cancer. And that's that's really what, what um, motivated me to get back in the water um, after dealing with cancer and, and after uh, being declared cancer-free was to get back in and, and be better than I ever was before. And I think that's what a lot of survivors do is, you know, a lot of people swim or ride bikes or run marathons because they realize that, my gosh, this is a life-changing event. And I think most people, it's a wake-up call, even if they're healthy or they're not. And I, I've seen a lot of people transform themselves, and I, I never want to say thank you, cancer, for, you know, giving you that gift, as, as it were. But I, I think, you know, in your case, you are a, an inspiration for people because you could have just said, well, I'm going to do chemo and skip the Olympics. But, you know, I, I remember the news stories about, oh, my God, this I'll call you a kid because I can. But this kid has cancer, and he's still competing in the Olympics. I mean, you must have had so many people come up to you and go, wow, man, that's amazing. Well, I did, and, and it's, you know, the, the first impression was a lot of people were a little shocked. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people didn't, you know, they didn't understand my position. Um, right. a, a lot of people just looked at it as, well, he's delaying 
treatment for something that can kill him. He's going to die. He's an idiot. But <laughs> again, you know, nobody knew the position I was in and right. how closely monitored I was. Um, you know, believe me, if I wasn't in that position and things were developing um, quicker than they actually were, you oh, know, I course. obviously would have would have um, given up the Olympics and, and taken care of my health as a first priority. But, you know, luckily for me, that wasn't the case. And, and you know, as I said, I was able to delay my treatment and uh, and go on to the games. And like you said earlier, though, it was when you get done with it, it does uh, it does give you a different perspective on life. Yes. And what was kind of interesting for me is, you know, by that point, I'd been swimming for close to 20 years, like, you know, 17, 18 years at that point. And you kind of have an established mentality of, of how you look at swimming and, and how right. you race. And that all got changed for me after cancer. And I got a whole new perspective on the sport. And I think it was one that was extremely healthy for me. And, and I think that's what really helped me in that, that next year to go on and, and break the American records that I did and break the world record that I did and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it was, it was kind of interesting how it, it elevated my swimming from a mental standpoint, which, uh, which well, I don't think I would have ever gotten without the experience that I how did. How did it change? I think a lot of people, uh, you know, whether it's swimming or, or baseball, football, whatever sport you want to talk about, they put mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on right. competing. And, and swimming is one of those sports where, you know, you train for literally four years for it could be a minute or a two-minute race. Right. Um, so, you know, they get behind the blocks and, and they kind of freak out a little bit. Um, they let the nerves get the best of them. But after my cancer experience, I really got behind the blocks and it was, it was a realization that, you know what, this is a sport, this is something that I love to do and I choose to do it. Right. Um, you know, no one is forcing me to be here, so I'm going to have fun with this. And, and it really kind of, it took that edge of competing and it, it uh, made it a little bit more relaxed, I think, and I, I, I learned how to deal with it a little bit better. I was, I've always been a, a good mental competitor, but mm-hmm. I think I got even better. Um, because I was just a little bit more relaxed and, and I was just enjoying myself um, again in the water. And, and I think that's something that, uh, that a lot of kids tend to miss sometimes, especially in swimming. Oh, that makes sense. Now, I, I think it's kind of funny that you th- said a lot of people were surprised that you didn't, that you, that you uh, delayed treatment. But I think a lot of people, as you know, you get tired with chemo. So I couldn't, I couldn't imagine you swimming the Olympics with low white counts. Well, and that's that's the thing is is people were talking about, well, why don't you just, you know, the surgery is is pretty, the the first thing they do with testicular cancer, Mm -hmm. even before chemo, you have the orchiectomy. That's step one, no matter what. Which means they cut the testicle out or the bad. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. why don't you do the surgery right after trials and then, um, and and then, uh, you know, go from there in terms of treatment wise. And... You know, you have five, six weeks between Olympic trials and Olympic Games, which is a good amount of time, but you have to understand in the world of swimming, for every day you take out of the water, it takes twice that to get back. That makes sense. So after I had surgery, I was out of the water for four weeks. Oh, wow. So it was like, you know, and, and I went in after three weeks and tried to get in after my surgery and, and pushed off the wall streamline and just felt like everything was tearing in my lower abdomen where they had made the incision. You know, mm-hmm. so it was like, no way, I can't do this. So, you know, that was, uh, that was brought up as an option, mm-hmm. but there was just, I mean, there was no way that I could have had surgery and then gone and competed at the Olympics and been anywhere near um, what I was or what I'm capable of doing. Wow. I, I I couldn't even just imagine that. 
because I mean, like I said, I, I play hockey and I had a lumpectomy and just the thought of trying to play after three weeks, that'd be kind of crazy. Right. And that's what, you know, it, it took me a, a while to really get back in the water, even mm-hmm. after I did, to, to really get back to where I could push myself um, to, uh, to the limit that I used to in terms of training and, and working out and everything. So now you do a lot of uh, things with the Lance Armstrong Foundation. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I'm, I'm very highly involved with, uh, with Live Strong and the mm-hmm. foundation. And, and the reason is, you know, they were a big support system for me from yes. the, the first day I was diagnosed. You know, as, as soon as within four or five hours after, after leaving the doctor's office, you know, I was in touch with these people. And they were um, getting together a little army of doctors for me, which was incredible because these were the doctors that would really help me make the tough decisions. So it just kind of made sense to, to get involved with this foundation, especially with their, their focus on living just a, a healthy lifestyle and being active. Um, so I'm part of their Envoy program, which is basically being um, an advocate for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do uh, a lot of hospital visits, a lot of speeches um, to cancer patients and survivor groups and things like that. And um, the, the biggest thing that I've actually started within the past year has actually been uh, an open water swimming event Absolutely. that I hold at Lake Lanier Islands just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I actually grew up in Atlanta so um, and, and had uh, surgery at Emory University. So I wanted to do something um, back in my hometown. And uh, this year we're actually going to hold the swimming event on October 10th. Awesome. And there's a 1K and a 5K race that we're having around the uh, around the water park and I'll have a bunch of my Olympic teammates out there and Sweet. and uh, everything that we raise that day is actually going to go towards the patient navigation center that was just opened up in the uh, in Austin at the Livestrong headquarters so you know having having been in this world for a couple of years now I know the importance of patient navigation centers and mm-hmm. I'm really behind and, and support uh, this new program that they uh, that they just opened up a couple months ago. So I really want to help them out as much as I can. Now, how did, because we were talking before the show, how did uh, survivorship, how does that affect you? You know, survivorship is one of those funny things because everybody looks forward to survivorship. Yes. It's one of those things that you know, I'm done with cancer. Survivorship means I'm over it. I can go back to normal life, but it doesn't really work that way. And, <laughs> no, and it doesn't. You know, there's just not too many people that I've talked to that it's like that. Um, and I, I'm no different. You mm-hmm. know, I, I got back and, and it took me, I would say probably six to eight months to yes. really hit me like, oh my gosh, what did I just go through? Like, what, what just happened to me? What does this mean for the rest of my life? You know, I'm obviously my body is capable of growing cancerous tumors, you know, what if it happens again? Exactly. You, you get all these thoughts running through your head, and, and it kind of freaks you out a little bit. And, um, you know, at that point, everybody's kind of done with you. You know, the doctors have, have backed off a little mm-hmm. bit. Everybody stops asking you how you are because you don't have cancer anymore. So you've had all this attention going through cancer, and then all of a sudden... It's gone. It's gone. So it's, it's a little overwhelming, and it can, be, it can be a really hard time in your life. Um, you know, I, I know it was for me. That was probably one of the most um, challenging times in my life just to yes. kind of go back to living a normal life, you know, whatever that means after cancer. <laughs> exactly. I, I know, and I hear that from pretty much any cancer survivor. It doesn't matter what type. It's like, well, you know, now what? And that's the weird thing is, is well, what do you do now? Well, do you make some changes and, and let this experience that you had affect you in a negative way or a positive way? And, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I chose uh, the positive route and Absolutely. that 
the the doors that it opened up for me in terms of uh, in, in terms of being involved with the Lance Armstrong Foundation and and kind of becoming a cancer awareness advocate are things that I love doing now and uh, the, you know the people that I've met and the things I've got to do because of cancer have been uh, have been pretty incredible and and you know you mentioned earlier it's like you don't wish cancer upon anyone right. and you don't want to get cancer but at the same time. I've gotten to do some pretty incredible things because I've I've had cancer. So it's and I think the biggest thing for me is just the the outlook I have now on life mm-hmm. and, and we talked a little bit about that perspective on swimming but but that also translates into into life itself and and just having a, a healthy mentality and an outlook on uh, on your life now and I think I was pretty fortunate to get that at a fairly young age. Um you know, being 24 years old and oh, yeah. realizing that, uh, that life is pretty short and, and <laughs> yes. you got to appreciate it. Now, did you, did just the swimming kept you through like your positive mental attitude going through your, your chemo and everything or? Swimming definitely helped mm-hmm. a whole lot. And, and fortunately I was actually, um, after my surgery, I was just given the option of, uh, preventative chemo. You know, they, oh, uh, nice. they gave me, Depending on what doctor you talk to, um, you know, anywhere between 30 to 40 percent chance of a recurrence mm-hmm. after uh, after surgery within that first year, because most testicular cancer patients have a recurrence within oh. the first year if they're going to have one. It's that first year that's pretty critical. And so I was given the option um, of chemo, and I was also given the option of surveillance, which is basically going in every two months for all those tests we talked about. Yes. And then... The next couple of years, you're going in every four months. And the next couple of years, you're going in every every six months. And you know, after that, it's it's once a year for the rest of your life. So, I uh, I chose the surveillance route. Nice. Um, you know, the the doctors that I talked to said that they had had a lot of success with that uh, with that route. And and if anything changed, then obviously I'll, I'll go back and do the chemo. But I'm two and a half years out now, and and I'm going every six months, and everything's been clear since then. Awesome. And see, you would probably think the way I think, it's like okay, thirty to forty percent of it coming back but 60 to 70 percent of it not coming back right Mm -hmm. and and that you know that number is it's it's just sometimes you can get caught up in those oh yes you get all these percentages and statistics thrown at you and and you realize you know these doctors have to tell you this they they have to give you the situation but uh but like i said before i was lucky to have uh, a lot of people in my corner that um, that gave me a lot of great advice and, and really laid it out pretty straightforward for me. It was pretty pretty black and white, which is uh, is a very tough thing to get when you're dealing with cancer. There's a lot of gray areas oh, in the yes. cancer world, and um, you know they they basically said, listen, if it if it comes back, then you know you'll have to do chemo. But right. if it doesn't, then you can just stick with the surveillance plan and and you'll be fine. I like that surveillance. I, I'm picturing like doctors dressed up as spies, like kind of following you around and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of what it felt like for a while, especially <laughs> since I was seeing him so much. Oh, did you, did you ever get what we call scanxiety? Oh my gosh, you just like <laughs> get, get rid of the con- what is it, the contrast solution and CT scans, and oh, makes you yes. feel like you're peeing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just like enough of this stuff already. But you know, again, there's you pick your battles, and and you know, I, uh, I I chose to go see the doctors a whole lot rather than deal with chemo. So luckily for me, you know, knock on wood, right now it's it's worked out so far. Awesome. So now uh, 2012 is the next Olympics. That's correct, right? That is correct. So where do we, will we see you? Do you have trials before that or how does that work out? 
Well, the way it works is our, our Olympic trials are the end of June of oh, next year. Next year. So um, I believe they're like June 24th through July 2nd, I think, something okay. like that, somewhere around those days. And they're in Omaha, Nebraska at the Quest Center. And um, assuming all goes well at trials, which means you get first or second in, uh, in an individual event, then you qualify for the Olympic team and you go on to, uh, to compete at the Games in London. Wow. So we're definitely going to see you there, right? I would hope so. We're going to see you uh, pushing Michael Phelps out of the way. Get, get, you know, get yourself some nine medals. that I race in, so I, uh, I don't really have to uh, compete against Michael that much. Oh, okay. So what are your big events? That uh, My big events are the 100 breaststroke and the 200 breaststroke. That's, those are the two that I've got the American record in right now. And how long do those last? Like, you broke the world record. and You know, the, the 100 lasts... Uh, around a minute mm-hmm. and the 200 lasts a little over two minutes so you know it's it's not a not a whole lot of racing but um that's that's considered kind of middle of the road for swimming but you know even before michael phelps and i think it probably started with mark spitz i think everybody when you talk about the summer olympics swimming is what they always talk about Swimming is a huge thing at the Olympics. You know, people always talk about swimming, and the reason is because we give, you know, in our our eight-day competition, we give away several gold medals every night. And that's pretty unique in a sport, especially an Olympic sport. You know, most of the time you have one gold medal, one silver medal, and one bronze medal to be won, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we've got, uh, I think it's 11 individual events on on both the men and women's side, and then you've got uh, several relays on both sides. So, you know, our our uh, our sport is very exciting around the Olympics because we give away so many gold medals, and and uh, people love to watch people win medals mm-hmm. and break world records, and and uh, you know really succeed on the highest level of the sport. And I and I know that that's that's what I look forward to, and, oh, yeah. and I look forward to it for myself, but also to to see my my friends and teammates do the same thing. And I got to tell you, watching the Olympics, there's nothing better than seeing the American flag up there and hearing the national anthem. It's the best place in the world to see it. I mean, you see it a lot on, on other competitions, but when you see it at the Olympic Games, it's something special. Really? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited now for, for 2012. Me too. And, and, to see you, and to see you there. Well, like I said, hopefully uh, you got to get past trials, and being an American swimmer is mm-hmm. uh, it's a tough thing to do because we are the best swimming country in the world. But um, you got to you know, keep up I'm that positive mental attitude, right Eric. Come on now. What's that? <laughs> I said you got to keep up your positive mental attitude. You're you gonna... know you do, but but at the same time, <laughs> you you also have to recognize the competition that you're well, going against. And uh, like I said, I, I'm in a great position right yes. now. I couldn't ask for anything better. So we'll we'll just look to maintain that over the next year. So if people want to, I know you have a Facebook page. Is that the best way for people to, like, follow what's going on with your? uh, You know, uh, Facebook is okay, mm -hmm. but um, I don't really keep up with Facebook that much. If you want little daily updates, I do do Twitter. So I think Twitter is probably uh, a little bit better. Facebook isn't very up-to-date for me. Okay. What's your uh, Twitter account? It's just my last name, Shanto. Oh, okay. And then you have your website, ericchanteau.net. And then, yeah, if you can, that, that, uh, that's a good way. You know, if anybody wants to get autographs or anything like that, there's some contact information on my website. Send some things, and, and they'll get forwarded on to me, and I'll get them back to you. So, um, you know, feel free to do that. But, yeah, definitely, Twitter is the easiest way to kind of, like, you know, keep up with the day in the life of me. Um, Facebook's a little out of date. <laughs> and your website will keep people up to date on your Swim for Life. Now, anyone can just compete in that, correct? Anyone can compete in it. Everyone's welcome. Awesome. Um, there's a big link uh, on my homepage there for the challenge, and, uh, and, and that'll take you to the Swim for Your Life 
uh, homepage where you can find all the information. And yeah, I mean, anybody that uh, that wants to come out and, and spend the day and, and um, spend the day hanging out with some Olympians and doing uh, a little open water swimming and raising some awareness and, and hopefully some money for uh, for cancer is, is more than welcome to come out and join us. Yes. And you know, it's kind of funny me talking to you because I grew up around lakes, but I only started swimming. I only learned how to swim lake probably four years ago. And I'm 41. Well, at least you learn to swim. You know, most people, yes. they uh, they can float on a raft, and, and that's about <laughs> it, which is kind of scary. So, you know, it's, uh, like I said, you come out and you hang out with us for a day, and, and we'll definitely help you out. Awesome. So I wouldn't, you wouldn't have to worry about me wearing water wings at your swim for life. <laughs> they are allowed if you need them, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can see that picture going on your Twitter page right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Eric, for joining us today. If you hang on one second, I'm going to wrap up like I usually do. This is the Cancer Warrior, Mel Majoros. You can always find me on Facebook because I am a Facebook junkie, Mel Majoros. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, The Cancer Warrior, on EmpireRadio.com. I do have a new website, TheCancerWarrior.net. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's The Cancer Warrior on EmpireRadio.com.